show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Electricity here in Columbia. What has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Newton Price Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, JC Sherbert. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning, and welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Phil Molinax, J.C. Sherbert, IMJB here until 1 o'clock this afternoon on the heels of the Nicholas Harbor commitment and signing yesterday for the Gamecocks. Plenty of that to come throughout the afternoon. We are live from the Sinorama Columbia studios, although we're not in Columbia. It is Sinorama Columbia, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and they could be yours as well. Full-service company handling design, production, install, and service. They are Gamecock born and bred, if you want to say it that way. Alumni of the great University of South Carolina. Interior, exterior, vehicle graphics, you name it. Sinorama Columbia, owned by our good friend Matt Vaughn. Uh, make sure you check those guys out for anything that you may need. Check us out throughout the afternoon. Chris Phillips will be here at 1130 this morning from the Spurs Up show. We'll get his thoughts, certainly, on what happened and unfolded yesterday in a wild, dramatic scene for Carolina. Finally reeling in, not Lance Harbor, but Nick Harbor uh, out of the uh, D.C. area. And then at 1220 today, Owen Hale McGranahan will join us and um, kind of give us his version of the story because he was covering it yesterday. And, guys, as we kind of get you in here, I, I, I found no offense to Shane. Shane knows I appreciate everything he does, and he's really good at it. But I found the most fascinating part of the whole afternoon was the press conference with track coach Curtis Fry. I mean, it doesn't get more authentic than that. And he said some big, bold statements, and he threw out some names like, you know, Usain Bolt and Carl Lewis. What? But, you know, he was – he was. that's what Randy he Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. I mean, he was. And, and then at the end of it, he'd had enough. He said, "You know, I, I think I've talked enough. You guys have a good day." And he and he just walked, drop mic drop, <laughs> drop the mic. Uh, it was uh, it was some pretty pretty neat stuff. But Carolina certainly feeling good. And JC, I know you'll fill us in soon because um, a couple of crystal balls have now been uh, put into the favor of the Gamecocks by Steve Wiltfong, and um, Carolina's twenty four class could be increasing in size, literally. Uh, soon and uh, certainly moving up the ladder in the uh, team rankings. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, 2024, you know, it, it's crazy because, you know, they just kind of, now, now look, I, I personally think they could add one or two more from the portal for 2024. Sure. But uh, you, you kind of put a wrap on it, you know, on the second signing day these days. And uh, most of it's actually done high school wise by the first one. But uh, obviously, you know, on a day where the media still focuses on signings, there's a handful of elite guys. South Carolina got the highest rated guy. I mean, Duke, uh, what is it, the Duke of Wellington, whatever his name is, Duke Robinson from uh, actually from Spencer Rattler's high school. Isn't Rattler from Pinnacle in Phoenix? Um, I don't know. Uh, tied in, Major League Baseball prospect, all that. I don't. I don't know that whoever signs him, and it looks like George is going to add yet another big-time tight end to their roster. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to go because I, th- I think he's a pretty high major league draft pick. I'll probably ask, ask Whittle about that because many times some of these football guys think they're highly rated baseball guys. And, Jamie, as you well know, you know some of them even get to college and don't make the team. <laughs> you know, uh, I think people don't even realize that the college baseball coaches are in, in such a bad spot scholarship-wise. You know, they don't always have room for the football guys, right? And so, um, you know, looking at it like that, you know, with Duke Robinson aside, uh, you know, South Carolina signed the the, the highest-rated guy today. Um, What Shane Beamer said in the press conference yesterday about him playing receiver, I think it's a bit of a game-changer as far as immediate expectations. Uh, I I don't care how talented you are out of high school, you still have to develop. And I've I've knocked – I've beaten on that door – for a long, long time because because of NIL, people were scared. Oh, all the five stars are going to go to the people with money. Well, who cares? Because you, you give them money, they're not going to work hard. That much money, they're not going to work hard. Um, A&M. A&M, A&M, Miami is a good Miami. example yeah. of that. Phil, um, Phil, by the Phil way, Mullinax. Yeah, that's right. Phil Mullinax. We got to cut <laughs> Phil. We got to cut <laughs> Phil back, man. Got to cut Phil. He's not working hard enough. That's right. I'll but, take uh, all your money. And he never uh, responds to text. He never responds to emails. Yeah. Right. Shoot. Half the time he's His drunk. Name, image, and likeness. You know. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that picture of the baby smoking a pipe in the opener—that's me all the way. <laughs> that's oh, I did because I love. I love that. There's a hater's gonna hate that I wanted to use. It's a guy with a parrot on his shoulders. Yeah. He, he's got big, long, curly hair and a kind of a chubby face like me. Yeah. And I had it as my Facebook profile back in the, the late 2000s. People thought that was me. Like, they thought <laughs> that was J.C. Sherbert that had the hair. So I was looking for that. I couldn't find it. But the guy with the in the, the midair split, I was like, yes. And then I Google image search. I was like, that's Phil and that's Jamie. I was like, the little Leo DiCaprio to give the cheers to the haters and more to come, you know, but uh, when I was putting that together, but yeah, it's, um, uh, it was, uh, and then Muschamp's thing is like, my wife doesn't like losers. That's on the, Jamie actually put that together. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, I, and I love the new opening. I thought the new opening was good. And John Thompson, one of our list, uh, Natus Porch chat boxers from the Pacific Northwest says the new Mayor McCheese opening is awesome. I don't know how yeah. I found a mirror machine that was you. Yeah. on the moon, but it was great. I threw a little spies like us in there for Phil. Yes. And then, you know, one day when we were doing it before you, you joined the show, Jamie, uh, I left the refrigerator door open. It was beeping. I didn't know what it was. Nat was on the chat box and that was like, close the refrigerator door clown. So, so the clowns, like that's kind of become a theme of the show as well. But anyway, back to Nick Harbor. Um, oh yeah. 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 I, I think him playing receiver, his first year is a game changer because like I said, yeah. you have to work. You're not guaranteed instant playing time, especially when 
you have players coming back on a good team, which I think South Carolina does. Uh, I'll say this. South Carolina does not have in its receiver collection, you know, smorgasbord, whatever term you want to use, portfolio, if you will. They don't have anybody like him. They don't have anybody at 6'5". They don't have anybody that can run six, the 6'5 six, and runs 4'3". I mean, they don't have anybody. Well, no, any, any kind nobody of, has that. Nobody <laughs> has that. Um, and I think instead of throwing him into that tight end churn, because South Carolina does have six, seven tight ends. All of them are new. They all can do different things. They're all going to be asked to block in this offense. Uh, Shane's right. I don't have to ask him to block a 270-pound DN as part of what he's doing. Just put him out there, teach him to run a few routes and throw the ball to him. Um hands, you know, would he have what I would call elite hands? No, I don't think anybody's seen that from him. Is he a guy that's going to drop a bunch of passes or, or look like Edward Scissor hands out there? Probably not. You know, I, I've seen him make some good catches. Plus, think about who's throwing him the ball. Spencer Rattler, right. the ball placement and stuff uh, is amazing. I mean, you know, and who's coaching him? I mean, people forget Josh Van led the SEC in drops in, what, 2019? Uh, yeah. Justin Stepp coaches him up. 43 receptions uh, in 2021, came back, and by the end of this past year, you know, kind of started a little slow, clunky like the offense did. Josh Van was a weapon. I hate that he got hurt against Clemson because he, he was a guy that, especially early on in football games, would make tough plays, get things going momentum-wise uh, and all that. So Justin Stepp has a proven track record of teaching guys how to catch the ball, well, kind of like Steve Spurrier Jr. did. Honest to God, if you'd put this guy with Steve Spurrier Jr., that you'd have you'd have had Randy Moss probably. And, and I'm not saying that Step can't coach him up to that level. So I think that's a stroke of genius as far as how this commitment. And you're like, yeah, you got this great athlete. Where's he going to play? There's all these questions. What about track? Putting him at receiver changes that narrative. I think it changes are the expectations. Now, is he going to catch 70 balls next year? I don't know, but I, I think. He has a better shot to make an immediate impact with his speed size combo and the fact Carolina in its receiving core does not have a guy like that. Then maybe if you stuck him at tight end and tried to, you know, make him work and beat out seven guys. Well, I and Phil, I got, I've got a question for you because when when you and I were in the in the back back office here before we we came on, you were you were watching the Fry interview, and I want, I want to ask you a question. I I do want to throw this out there though. I, I think that. To, to bring this home as to – because I've been asked already, golly, who do you compare this guy to? I don't compare him to anybody, but if I had to pull from the vault of Gamecock football, I would say as of now, as of now, we don't know anything, but as of now, he is a cross and how you could use him between, catch this, Busta Anderson and Troy Williamson because Troy Williamson <laughs> could flat out move but he didn't run crisp routes. He was more of a rounded off route runner. You know, that's why he didn't really go well in the NFL. He got drafted on intangibles and ability, but not not on being an elite receiver. Um, Busta Anderson, about every second or third ball he caught, he was in the end zone. And so, you know, it's I, I see maybe a mix of those two guys with this young man. What I've heard, Jason, you probably heard the same thing. Dowell Loggins has been hard at work creating kind of this guy's plan because you you don't there's not a bunch of these guys out there so like you need to get it right when you get him on campus like you can't just have him sitting over there it's not well he's not ready he'll be ready i don't know maybe by the middle of the year no 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 no. that ain't the case here like you've got a dude of dudes like he's got a place you got to figure out how to get him on the field and from what i've heard 
there's a reason why Dow Loggins is in South Carolina because this cat is a genius when it comes to matchups. He was an NFL coordinator. Phil, what was what stood out the most to you yesterday throughout the day? I mean, obviously we were on the air through the commitment, but as the day unfolded, we got we got all the quotes, we saw all the videos, what everybody said, Shane, Coach Fry, Harbor, and others. What stood out the most? You know, there were a couple things, uh, Jamie, that that we look at. You know, I, I think that a lot of us, when we talk about players, especially younger, raw, you know, recruits and things like that, we're real hesitant to compare them to greats, right? <laughs> but yeah. Coach Fry just throws all caution to the wind and just starts <laughs> dropping name after name after name, just with a confidence that is just incredible. I'm like, man, you know, we, we're over here looking at him like a Jared cook type usage, you know, where he's not gonna, he's not going to be right tight against the line. Most of the time, but we'll be probably, you know, out stretched out wide, but I mean, Randy Moss, Usain Bold, you know, geez. Okay. Carl Lewis. Yeah. Drop them all. Yeah. Call them everybody. And I couldn't believe it. The, one of the other, I loved, I loved when he threw the hat on and just flashed that smile because it was like, you know, he just, you could tell there's a comfort level in that. It's just he was his confidence level when he made the pick. It's not like he, he felt like he was. It didn't look like he was wavering last second, and this is something that he was agonizing over until the camera flipped on. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, you know, obviously the the key to recruiting is. Uh, not necessarily the recruiters or, you know, the coaches that you have, but your, your, your dogs, because, you know, Shane and Don with champ and Boomer. I mean, those are obviously the two best recruiters in the athletic department. <laughs> no, but what did stand out about me? Somebody and, get Lamont a dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody get Lamont a dog. Right. Yeah. The, uh, JC, no, red. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to go on a 10-hour car ride so he's yeah. no, you're drop, bringing him, drop down? him off oh, at Colonial gosh, Life yeah. Arena if you don't mind yeah. no so. but it was I thought it was very telling the way Shane spoke about the in-home visit with Harbor and his family um, the impression that Loggins made while there uh, he doubles down every chance he gets when referring to Dowell Loggins about the NFL situation in the NFL exploits matchups that's exactly what this guy's going to do with the correct personnel usage it's Mm -hmm. it's basically just these daggers being thrown at what we've watched for the past two years and quite frankly i think it builds a lot of confidence until we actually see how dowell's going to call plays on the field next year yeah i would completely agree with that and you know i think he's definitely a guy that you know, on the surface, people kind of maybe looked at myself included. Now, look, I, I said, this is not a hire that's easy to sit there and explain uh, and all that. But, uh, you know, I guess there's a lot of emotion when when you finally get to the end of a coaching search and the people settle in and you, you always get the first press conference and everybody's like, ah, well, he's going to be all right. You know, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think the difference is this. Marcus Satterfield and Kurt Roper, and I'll include Kurt Roper in this because I'm convinced um, because when I heard he was going to be the OC and not the person I thought who was going to be the OC when Muschamp was hired, (laughs) I see there's a reason, folks. There's a reason I went to bat for for the Muschamp era and and all that, you know, besides the fact he was a good recruiter and uh, they they definitely needed players. I mean, there was no question, but I – you know, when I was told it was Roper, it's like, oh, he's got some brand new RPO plays he got from the Browns. It's going to be awesome. Well, you know, I, th- I thought Kurt had a, you know, once Jake took the job against teams they had a shot at even competing against because 
that wasn't Clemson or Florida that year when Jake was the quarterback, but it was everybody. Yeah, their offensive line was bad. But I thought he called really good plays. I mean, I, I thought for a fr- having a freshman quarterback, freshman receiver, freshman running back, it was fine. But he was calling it based on his Duke and Florida experience. The next year he decides to go with this NFL stuff, and that, that offense, despite having NFL talent, was very pedestrian. Um, but he only spent a year up there, right? Marcus Satterfield, same thing, you know. And 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 Marcus, frankly, ha- had not had a game where he was at Duke and lit up Texas A and M or anything like that. Uh, he was just kind of Matt Rule's offensive coordinator, which he is now. Um, he spends one year up there and comes back and wants to run everything like they do in the pros, and that doesn't work. Well, here's the difference, okay. Dowell Loggins is not a guy that's like, oh, well, I flamed out at the NFL level. And look, he didn't have any successful offenses up there. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. But but I think just reading between the tea leaves, reading between the lines and from what I've heard, he and his family and everybody else made a conscious decision to say, this is a career change, okay? Uh, it's kind of like me, although I had the big spur, when I said, all right, I make, I'm not doing national recruiting anymore. You know, I'm going to go back and do local website stuff, maybe do a little radio. Had no idea I was going to start an NIL collective, but that's a different story. But uh, I'm going to go local. Okay. And, and that was my decision. 2015 made that decision. Haven't looked back since. That's what he's doing. He, he He's not the guy, a guy that's going to sit there and have a great year at Carolina, kind of like Liam Cohen did at Kentucky, and Liam Cohen's back at Kentucky, by the way, and then just go right back to the NFL. Uh, he went. He's like, I need to learn the college game. He worked under James Franklin at Penn State for two or three months, and uh, and uh, Mike Yurchich, their offensive coordinator, kind of learned some things there. Uh, Sam Pittman calls. He tied in his job at his alma mater, where he basically took coach tight ends and was one of their best recruiters. Uh, NFL guys that are in that league for 20 years, they – it's surprising that, that anybody, if, if they're still of that mindset, guys, can come in and recruit at all. Because they're going into high schools like, where the hell am I? You know, <laughs> they're, they're not they're not calling the GM, giving them feedback on, a, on the film or anything. They're going hitting the road, hustling, trying to kiss butt and, and shake hands and kiss babies. Dowell Loggins has been outstanding at that. And he's committed, I think, to being successful in college now. Will he end up as the head coach at Arkansas in a couple of years? Maybe, you know, that's probably his goal, but he's not, my, my point of all that is he's not a guy that's like, well, I'm in the NFL. Like Steve Wilkes was the D coordinator at Missouri for goodness sake for a year. They were historically bad, except when they played Marcus Satterfield's offense, South Carolina, uh, you know, and, and that didn't work out too well. You know why? Because he was coaching and approaching like the NFL. Boom. He's back in the league. Right. I guarantee you the first any franchise calls Marcus Satterfield and wants to hire him in the NFL, he's gone, right? That's his dream. I think the dream for Dow Loggins is to become the best college football coach he can be. I think this was a conscious decision he made. I, I've, I've heard, you know, that, that there was no, it wasn't a situation where he could not find a job in the NFL. You know, he would have been, somebody would hire him. He'd been hired five, six times. Uh, and you know how they recycle coaches up there. But, um, you know, so that's the difference, okay? Is the offense going to be great? You know, are we going to sit here and think, well, Dowell Loggins is the next Steve Spurrier or anything like that? I, I, I can't promise you that. I, I've never seen the guy call a play at this level. But I will say the approach is not going to be like it was where 
you know, square peg, round hole, pro style offense. It's not going to look anything like Adam Gase's offense. If anybody's worried about that, um, and I think so far so good. And, and it's it's not necessarily because I've ever seen him call a play or I think he's an offensive genius. I love the approach, and I love the fact that Shane Beamer really, if this works out, made a hire that's the best of both worlds. It's a it's a okay, you know, you sold Spencer Rattler on playing in a pro style. We got a guy's coast of the league twenty years, but you also don't have some of the uh, the uh, overthinking complex baggage that maybe Kurt Roper and Marcus Satterfield brought to the table. So I, that's the big difference with, with Dowell Loggins, and I'm thrilled to death that uh, you know he's been rocking and rolling on a plan for Nick Harbor because uh, I'm curious to see what he wants to do. Nana Sports chat box, by the way, who is the transfer from Tennessee? Uh, D'Angelo Gibbs. That's, that's, that's kind of uh, news item number two from yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I would say so. I know we got to hit a timeout, but we can we yeah. can recap that when we when we get back. I texted JC last night, Phil, and I said, "Wait, <laughs> what the yeah, hell?" Just he just said, "Wait, wait," because <laughs> like, uh, I saw the release from Carolina, and I said, "Who is this guy?" And then, uh, so anyways, we'll we'll get into that, and we do have Chris coming up, and then uh, Hale at twelve twenty today, and. Hale was in. Hale always finds a way to make Shane laugh. Good for Hale. He, yeah. he always uh, he tees him up. He he he's one of those guys. He eases in that strange little joke, and you have to kind of laugh at it. And then okay, go ahead and say what you need to say. <laughs> he's that guy. That's Hale, man. Uh, that's Hale. He's good at it. But um, but uh, so we'll certainly get his. Uh, you know, let him walk us through the afternoon as to what he was learning and and kind of through the final moments of the of the uh, of the of the chaos yesterday before the selection was made as to what he was learning. I'm sure JC already knows all this stuff. That'd be boring to him, but uh, so we'll hit a timeout and then we'll be right back. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. 
Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too. So I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. We appreciate everyone joining us here in the Sinoramas Columbia Studios. The show is, of course, presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662. He'll be happy to set up a no-obligation consultation for you about a potential outdoor retreat for your backyard. And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, and she'll be happy to handle all of your upstate residential real estate needs. So, yeah, we get that. But wait, there's more Yeah, <laughs> towards so, the end of the day. <laughs> here's, here's how I see this. You got nothing to lose. You got a you got a former you got a dude who was a former five star like eight years ago, but I mean he's like twenty five years old. But I mean you got to so he's either going to come in, he's going to beef up your scout team, which is going to help your football team, or he's going to be one of the feel good stories of the year. I mean, unless he comes in and you know murders somebody, which I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, as long as he stays out of trouble, he's why not bring a guy like this in, right? He's he's a walk on, right, JC. Yeah, okay, so D'Angelo Gibbs got some more information on him last night because uh, they kind of just tweeted him out in a picture of kids from Georgia, and I was like, I hadn't heard that name in a while. I want to temper expectations. This guy has never played like a five-star at the college level. He's played very little, 13 games in two years as a backup and special teams guy at Georgia. And that was the last decade. Saw the, yeah, I don't, yeah, last decade, I don't think he saw the field at Tennessee. <laughs> But and I, I tried to go to Bethune Cohen. That didn't work out. But what I was told was he has a connection with the staff. Yeah. Okay. With a member, a certain member of the staff. Uh, they they've had him in for a visit. Hale actually saw him. You can ask Hale uh, the story. He actually saw him. I think Tennessee or something um, as a visitor. They didn't know that if he he had eligibility or not. Um, just because it's been that long, right? Uh, well, he did, and he's in, and he's eligible. So he's working. Uh, he, he, you know, he's got to work to get back to the player maybe he was early in high school. I, and, you know, I, I don't know the whole story, but I do know that you know things haven't always been easy for him. You know, since he got out of high school, mm-hmm. um, and he's ready to work. Uh, my understanding is he's in the program, in the in the offseason program, the winter program, working his butt off, looks good. He's uh, is, is, uh, really said doesn't say much, you know, just goes to work, brings his lunch pail. And, and what I was told was they don't know what's – they're, they're going to hash it out because both sides of the ball are kind of like, 
you know, we'd like to have him. You know, we'd like to have him, but we'd like to have him. So, so I don't know where he's going to play yet. Maybe I don't think he's a corner. I've never thought he was a corner. I thought that was part of the problem. People were projecting him as a corner. He was 220 pounds as a senior in high school with tight hips. I was like, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy, you know, because, uh, you know, and sometimes out of Georgia, you get some of those evaluations. But uh, would you I thought it's that, don't we see that a lot at Georgia where they, they take these talented kids and they move them to the secondary? I mean, there's a kid playing running back here named Lavoisier Carroll. They did that to him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not necessarily UGA. The, the state is a lot like Texas in the sense you get more complete products because the high school coaching is so good there. And the programs like Grayson, where he went, it's like a small college facilities wise. So guys get to, they eat better. They lift more weights, that kind of thing. And he just grew. Um, so that, long story short, he's there, he's working. Um, and uh, they're excited about the possibilities. I mean, there's nothing to lose. I mean, the kid comes in and plays special teams this year. You know, great. He helped. It doesn't it didn't cost you scholarship or anything. All yeah, right, so we got to get to the deal with South Carolina. Yeah, McKellar Enterprises guest line, uh, mm-hmm. high energy Thursday as we always have. Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show joins us. Always glad to get his take. Um, and we're I guess we're ready for Chris Phil. Yeah, he's in there waiting. So uh, lead us out here with a little break action, and then oh, uh, bring him back. Oh, I want to take the break. You want to take, take another break? break? Okay. Yeah, Let's I figured we break. would. We could just hit it, and then yeah, we'll just go on from there. Why not? Okay. All right. Got so it. we'll take a break, and then get back. High Energy Thursdays. Chris Phillips, always right here on the show after these messages. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine, with an uptown twist. Cock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, This is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers and the soul. Welcome back in, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. We are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line inside of the Sinorama Studios by none other than the host of the Spurs Up show, Chris Phillips. Chris, big day yesterday, man. It, uh, I think it exceeded expectations when you consider, you know, the D'Angelo Gibbs thing, even though, you know, we'll see how that plays out, right? Mm. 
Yeah, it was a high energy Wednesday. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. JB, welcome. Good to see your face as well. And of course, JC and Phil, uh, as we normally do here. But uh, yeah, what a day. What a day. What a victory that was, right? And, uh, you know, again, I was very pumped up. I'm sure most of you saw the video, but not just for 2023, but so far beyond just in my mind, what it means moving forward, right, for changing the the perception, continuing to change the perception of South Carolina football and, and reeling in more guys like Nicholas Harbour in the future, right? So I, I just uh, – it's a great time to be a Gamecock fan, truly. And uh, how, how could you not be excited about the direction of South Carolina football under Shane Beamer's leadership? That was a huge victory yesterday. Seeing seeing Nick Harbour put on that Gamecock hat, man, was uh, – you know, stuff like that just never gets old, right? We saw it with Clowney and now Nick Harbour. We've seen others as well, but – Landing a guy like that is just it, – it'll just never get old, man. So, uh, yeah, great day to be a Gamecock for sure. You, you know what I found interesting about the whole day, guys? This, this – not one time did the name Spencer Rattler come up as it pertained to his recruiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about all these other guys that are signing here on the offensive side of the football. Uh, transfers, high school kids – Somebody somewhere generally brings up the name Spencer Rattler. Well, they want to, they want to play with Rattler. Not he didn't. It never came. I mean, just like the NIL thing, you know, it, it wasn't at the forefront. It was literally a regardless of what the guy at the Maryland website says, he's wrong. It really was a relationship based <laughs> wow. ordeal here, and playing with what I think I I I've, I say this. I don't want to say confidently because I'm not a I'm not a I'm not an expert, but. I say, I say it pretty proudly. I I think Spencer Rattler has a great chance to be the best quarterback in this league next year. That's over the guys at Georgia and over the guys at Bama and over the kid at LSU and over the kid at Tennessee. Like he is that good. But his name never came up yesterday with the top player left on the board. I just found that fascinating. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. And I think when you think about the recruitment of Harbor, certainly I'm sure Rattler's presence at Carolina played into it. But uh, no, relationships won out in the end. That's exactly how I thought, too. I mean, I think you'd be naive to think the NIL had no part. But, uh, you know, we all heard yesterday morning what was going on with Oregon. And Beamer mentioned that, you know, early in the morning he got that voice memo or that audio message from Nick Harbor. But, uh, yeah, it was great to see again. I think relationships obviously did win out in the end. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the opportunity to play with Spencer Rattler was enticing for Nick. But, uh, you know, I think overwhelmingly more so to be a Gamecock and believing in what Beamer's building. And also, too, I thought the name that – uh, you know, and I, I I was critical of the hire, and many others were too. But how about Dowell Loggins? You know, his role in getting a Nicholas Harbor there, and you know Nick Harbor believing enough again in Dowell to play in his offense, and they're, they're going to utilize his skill set and uh, maximize him as a playmaker. So no, I mean I, I think a lot of people deserve credit, but it is interesting, right? Spencer Rattler, and I'm sure he probably prefers it too after the pressures that he he dealt with at Oklahoma. You know, I don't mind Spencer Rattler going into the radar a little bit because if he can bottle up what he did those final two weeks of the regular season and do that throughout 2023 oh. yeah his his play is going to take care of the headlines itself we don't need any of the preseason hype or hoopla but I agree with you I think he's I mean I think you can make a very strong argument he's at minimum the best quarterback in the SEC East so it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch Chris I thought I thought one of the most significant things yesterday um just from a instant impact thing and I said this uh, earlier I want to get your take on it was uh, uh by the way just to set the record straight for the, the Maryland people, okay, about the NIL thing, Maryland's NIL deal was probably dollars-wise mm-hmm. better than South Carolina's. I know for a fact Oregon's was probably uh, well and above what mm-hmm. South Carolina will be able to do. 
so uh, South Carolina, I, I do yeah. think there's some NIL stuff. Uh, as, as he, he could have gone anywhere and gotten NIL deals, but relationships did win out yeah. in the end. So that's uh, the, the the Maryland that Maryland site was like Pravda, you know, and yeah. it's our Maryland site. So I don't want to come out on Jeff too hard because I've known Jeff for a long time. I don't know what's got, I don't know what the situation is with this story, who he was talking to, yeah. but I mean, they, they reported South Carolina as the largest NIL deal on the table. Uh, that's not true, man. Trust me. Trust yeah. me on that one. Trust me on that yeah. one. Okay. Well, uh, I think too, but, a, a uh, guy like a Nick Harbor, his case, I mean, I think it shows too a, a self-confidence in Harbor himself. Yeah. Like, Bet you know, on himself. Money, does, yeah, it doesn't have to be the deciding factor because he's like, dude, I'm gonna run in the Olympics. I, I mean, he, you heard him say right when he when he put on the hat that you're gonna see me as the number one draft pick. Like he he's got goals far bigger than than one nil check. So I'm sure that was even looking at it from his vantage point. That was a convenience for him that you know I don't think he was a guy that he had to make the decision based off of just purely money, right? He's like, let me go somewhere where. You know, I feel comfortable. Again, my skill set's going to be maximized. Hey, from the football side, he wants to be the number one overall draft pick. What a great place to do it in the SEC, right? That was something South Carolina had the leg up on as well. He's not a guy that, like, he's not thinking about the NIL check. He's thinking about the NFL check, right, and and, and further down the road. So, you know, that, that that's uh, – yeah, you, you yeah. like in this NIL-driven world, <clears throat> it was nice to see that went out in the end. And, again, relationships like we mentioned yeah. and other things and – uh, obviously, we all embrace NIL, but uh, I, I think again, Nick Harbor had the had the luxury of a guy that he can bet on himself, and he could just take kind of take that out of it, if you will, as much as you possibly can, and make the best decision for him. And you know, thankfully, that was South Carolina. Well, yeah, and, and let's, let's not yeah. let's not forget Sterling Lucas and all this, and Jody Wright. Yeah. Those guys, this was a yeah, major guys, team effort for South Carolina yeah. in their first recruiting cycle here, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and when Sterling came back from the NFL, he had never recruited before. See, sometimes, you know, it, it, sometimes these guys that haven't recruited before, that they get into it, they, na- they have a knack for it, and they're hungry. They want to prove it. Um, you know, and, and I thought I think that's big. Yeah. And, and, Curtis and Fry, that. too, who was legendary in the presser yesterday. So. Curtis Fry, yeah, it was great. Comparing was Nick Harbour to Randy Moss. I was like, all right, yeah. all right, here we go. I, I don't think I don't think people know what happened yesterday. Like, the track team at Carolina – is about to blow got up. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I, I, I think Harbor. They're watching track this year. I saw a Colin Taylor from Gamecock Central actually tweeted something. It was some kind of whatever the six second sprint is, uh, the fastest time in the SEC last year. Nick Harbor ran that just in like a normal old meet up in Marion. He's like it was nothing. Like that's his average time. Um, but get back to what I say. You know, I, I thought what Beamer said, what what excited or or made me kind of raise my expectations a little bit for Nick's first year uh, is they're going to play with receiver. Yeah. I think that's brilliant because, and I mentioned earlier, Chris, that is something at receiver they don't have. And people may say, "All right, whatever, Captain Obvious." Nobody has a six five guy that runs four four. But you know, South Carolina doesn't really have a whole lot of those six foot five. Uh, taller guys, uh, you know, that, that are the bigger targets. That big-bodied guys like Xavier Leggett, uh, Kylie Horton could be that guy. But you look, and, you know, most of these guys are like 5'11", 6'1". They got good speed, run good routes. This guy is like a – he could do he could do T. Higgins-type stuff uh, if he comes in and, and works hard. And I, I think Justin Stepp uh, is very good at teaching guys to catch the ball well. Uh, if you look at what he did with Josh Van. Um, so, you know, your take on that, because I think whereas sticking him at tight end, I have a lot of questions about first year impact receiver. That's a different story. 
It's a different story. It's hard not to be giddy about it, right? I mean, like you mentioned, there's just, <laughs> yeah. there's just there's just not a lot of guys that are built the way he is and are as fast as he is. I mean, you just you just don't get that combo. Um, you know, you, you want to keep somewhat <clears throat> somewhat realistic expectations for his freshman year. He's still a freshman, but he, he's just not your typical freshman, man. I mean, it, again, it's hard not to not to get carried away and overexcited. And I, I can't wait, man. I'm pumped again to hear that comment. Like you said, Shamey, we're saying they're going to use him at the wide receiver position. I think especially after, and I'm really not trying to say this is a slight, but I feel like Nicholas Harbor is going to be what we hoped Jaheim Bell was going to be, if not better than that, right? In, in the sense of just a dude that, that can hurt you in a multitude of ways, going to use crazy athleticism, and I think we'd agree he's a different type of athlete than anybody South Carolina's oh, had sure. in a while yeah. on the offensive side. And, again, that wasn't a slight at Jaheim, but I think we all had this 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 picture in our head, right, of this dynamic playmaker and, you know, this 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 mismatch for defenses. And, like, I think Harbor is going to embody that. I definitely loved hearing Beamer again saying, like, he's not going to be a hand-in-the-dirt guy. I was like, thank God. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I don't we, want to hear about his to, blocking. Right, right, right. He's not getting – Like said, we didn't recruit him to block. Right, we didn't recruit right. him he, to block. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going number one overall to put his hand in the dirt, right, if he wants to do that. I, so, no. um, yeah, another huge weapon for Rattler, though, man. It, it's, I just, it's hard not to be giddy about it. I just have a little vision, too. You know they like to run that little end around oh. reverse – yeah. Okay. Can you oh, yeah. imagine that dude on a reverse if he has any space at all cutting it upfield and everybody's trying yeah. to catch him? That's called touchdown. I see, I see everybody's like, what's he gonna play? Touchdown <laughs> if he's on offense. That's called yeah. touchdown. I mean, we were we were already talking about this, just looking at the 2023 season. I mean, we were already talking about this being a you know eight, nine, potentially double digit win team. And I wasn't factoring in Nicholas Harbor on offense. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to sit here and say as a freshman he's going to have a thousand yard receiving season, but I think he's going to make an impact. Like I think he's going to be in the rotation immediately, especially when you think about the wide receiver room and, and the battle there. We know Juice is number one. You know, I like Leggett in the two spot. I'd like to be like to see him be a little bit more consistent and use the second half of twenty twenty two to sort of vault into that. But beyond that, I mean, it's you know it's pretty wide open. You got some capable bodies, but I think Nicholas Harbor is going to be able to. You know, at worst, be in that four spot and 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 catch some significant passes this fall. Yeah, you got to cover Juice Wells and Nicholas Harbor. Right, if you're right. Uh, and, and, Good luck. And can I throw another name into this? Yeah, Trey, Knox. Trey, Trey Knox. Knox. Yeah. Trey Knox, a tight end, and Amari yeah. and Brown can fly still. Yeah. I mean, that dude. And, and, and we're forgetting about, about Xavier Leggett. As long as yeah. he puts have, the glue, yeah. as long as he puts the glue on his gloves and the ball. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's okay. That that was a. Now that I know he's playing receiver, to me that makes the, the commitment was huge anyway. But that makes yeah. the commitment as it relates yeah. to this coming season yeah. even bigger. So we got a surprise last night with D'Angelo Gibbs. Uh, now I, 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 I reported this they, they, they don't know what side of the ball he's going to play. He's working his way back. My understanding is he's looked good in winter workouts. He's a walk on, not a scholarship guy. You know, Chris, to me, I think that's a that's a low risk. Mm-hmm. High reward kind of decision to to let him in the building. He's he's been doing a good job so far. Has some connections to a member of the staff, and uh, man, here, here's a former five star. Now, in, in full disclosure, uh, I thought the I thought he's overrated. You know, that, was, that wasn't a guy that I was extremely high on out of high school, but still, there was something about him that a lot of teams liked and loved. Um, and he's just got to work his way back. He's an older player now. Um, sometimes guys turn it around later in life, right? So uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was going to say he's like our version of Stetson Bennett, right? He's like 25 years old, still in college or whatever. Uh, Like you said, though, low risk, high reward. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I I don't know a ton about the guy, but it was funny how that just sort of slipped under the radar. And 
Gamecocks football throws up the graphic. And you're like, oh, here's this dude who's been at Georgia and Tennessee before. So, um, I mean, how can you not trust Shane Beamer, right? If he if he identified it as a guy that can potentially help them, even if it's just providing depth, man, heck, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, what role will he have? We'll see. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like you said, low risk, high reward. Why not? I mean, if you got the, got the room for him and it's an SEC body, right? You're trying to build a roster full of – SEC athletes, he obviously, again, like you mentioned on the recruiting trail, and he went to Georgia and Tennessee. So, um, yeah, I, I see no issue with it at all. And who knows? Maybe he can, you know, crack starting lineup and, and make an impact finally. I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder. I imagine it's it'd be hard for him not to have one at this point. So, Yeah. Well, he's about 25 years old. So, right. you know, he's probably he's probably on, you know, Medicaid Social Security. I don't want to take a shot at this kid. You know, I'm, yeah, well, I'm excited to see, again, like we mentioned earlier, I mean, he either becomes one of the feel-good stories of the year or he's a guy that just shows up to help you on the scout team. Or, JC, you mentioned it, and uh, this might very well be the case, I, even though last year your your horrible use of misjudgment in, in, uh, in, in questioning the special teams before the season started, my God! Man. Oh, what, I, I just don't know got paranoid. I got but paranoid. Like, I was like, every year, I, this year, two, ten, ten days before, I'll be like, it'll happen again, right? I've been yeah. bringing that offense defense since spring, so I'm like, all right, all right. I think it to death, you know, because I get so excited, and then ten days, it's almost like, you know, if, if you pack for a trip and you're like, did I pack my underwear? Oh my God. Or, or you leave the house and you, you're like, oh. did I lock the door? You know? Uh, and, and so, yeah, every year I'll get like that. You know, with both kickers coming back next year, I probably won't get as weird about it. But, yeah. <laughs> well, what about all the other stuff? I mean, they scored like half the touchdowns the team had this season. I mean, I, these cats are pretty uh, good, you know. They, they the, the holder, man. Is he? Is Hunter Rogers back? Is it the holder back? Is it Hunter Rogers, that's his name. Yeah, I thought he got put yeah. on scholarship. I think he got yeah. put on scholarship. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, back. Right. Yeah. Well, Somebody did he, transfer, though. Who transferred? Who it was, was the backup long snapper, Matthew <laughs> Bailey, I think. Yeah. The back, he, he was the backup long snapper. But, yeah, uh, so, yeah, man. Um, yeah, save him. I mean, he scored He scored two touchdowns. He scored as many touchdowns as, uh, um, you know, Rashad Amos last year. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, that, anyway yeah. that's probably not a good thing. But, there's a, there, but we uh, need to add context to that, though. Yeah, I was trying to think of someone that uh, that was maybe you think would have more than two, but anyway. Um, all right, we're wrapping up with Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show. He joins us each and every Thursday. Uh, you know, I I uh, look at the guys they signed yesterday, and I, you know, I, I felt good about the first sign today. I feel better now. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'll say this too, with with the the Gibbs out of nowhere and the Harbor thing, Elijah Caldwell could be a forgotten man. Uh, I don't count out guys yeah. from Rock Hill. Uh, I thought, you know, he, he looked really, really good. There's a reason West Virginia, which throws it all over the yard, wanted him. Uh, your thoughts on him while we wrap up? Yeah, I think it was Beamer that said uh, Lenora Sellers was really high on him too, right? The, yeah. uh, the quarterback they got. So, yeah, it was interesting. I was glad Beamer highlighted him on social media, by the way. He put out a tweet about Elijah Caldwell's ceremony and everything, and I do agree with you. I think that's an under-the-radar signing. But, you know, going into the Nicholas Harbor announcement in regards to the 2023 class, um, you know, I think we all – we had an, a, a cautious optimism that Nick Harbor was a Gamecock, and then yesterday morning happened. And, uh, you know, I, I just made the point that no matter what happens, I think the 2023 class was very successful, impactful. You look at the guys they signed across the line of scrimmage 
And that, to me, you know, we've talked about it before, JC and guys, that, uh, you know, laying the foundation, I feel like that's kind of what that class did in regards to up front. You got some nice pieces, playmakers as well. But, yeah, I think Caldwell could be like one of those sneaky guys and forever, you know, two, three years from now, we might be talking about, hey, remember uh, the forgotten guy on signing day a couple of years ago because it was the same day as the – the Nick Harbor announcement, yeah, he turned out to be like one of the best receivers that South Carolina's ever had. So it's kind of funny how sometimes that works out, right? And so oh, Caldwell, yeah. All the Caldwell time. will come yeah. in with low pressure because you know he, he was he was signing the same day as Nick was. You, but, uh, yeah, DQ Smith, that. man, DQ Smith yeah. was was yeah. a signing day flip from Georgia Southern <laughs> as a quarterback, yeah. and then they, they 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 suddenly had room to bring him in in August, and then <laughs> God, I watched his Gator Bowl. Uh, pick six the other day man, that, that kid's really good so well, well chris we really appreciate it man go ahead nope nope you're good yep okay really appreciate it chris sorry i will not be on with you today but we're, we'll redo that tomorrow i gotta like i said i gotta go to a funeral gotta hit the road we're driving we're driving to south carolina so that's gonna be a lot of fun with the dog and all that so um but uh i, I gotta hit the road so i don't fall asleep all that stretch of i-40 between yeah, Knoxville and Asheville and all that good stuff. But really appreciate you joining us, Ben. Looking forward to next week. No, absolutely, man. I appreciate you, JC, JB, Phil, and safe travels, JC. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're – we don't need to hit another break, do we? No, nope. no. That's oh, why okay. I took it early. By, by the way, the chat box right. a little upset with me. I'm I like, want to say the other guy in the chat, but he's new. He's new. He's new. No, Chris comes it's on. When, when we have an 1130 guest that has to go at, at, at 1150 – We'll hit a two quick breaks, but our breaks are not uh, our breaks are not uh, egregiously long. So you know, I, I uh, but that that's just uh, that's just when we have an eleven thirty guest. So anyway, wanted to point yeah. that out. We get, we got to gotta, we got to we got to pay the bills around here somehow. Uh, yeah, or else you'll all just be on this chat box talking to yourself every day for two hours, which. Who knows? You might enjoy that more. John, real quick, in the chat box, can y'all see comments and questions from the Facebook page? Yes, we can, John. You can comment Mm -hmm. from the Facebook page, and uh, Phil will pop you you right in and make you famous. You and your by the way, yeah, yeah. We're on a new we're on a new Facebook channel. It's it's an old Facebook channel, but uh, we're on the Big Spurs Facebook channel, the twenty four seven Sports. So, uh, I believe Phil, our Facebook audience uh, grew a little bit yesterday, right? But yeah, it's 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 a lot bigger on Facebook now than it used to be. That's for sure. Welcome in everybody that's new. Happy to have you. You know, uh, polish up your profile pics because we're going to make you famous. Yeah, we'll make you famous here. <laughs> Joey Mazio Bennett says he's going to announce tomorrow at noon. That's true. Um, I will certainly when it comes to recruiting, we 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 uh, lean on JC. But let's just put it this way: I'll, I'll take the words out of your mouth, JC. Everybody should feel really really good about uh about tomorrow everybody at greenville high by the way yeah <laughs> the, including yeah. blake blake franks I, I think carolina's got to put in a crystal ball prediction today for the gamecocks uh yeah. by the way uh, reagan said uh how many former five-star recruits are on the gamecock football team currently so if you if gibbs rattler uh you got gibbs rattler and harbor and um, Birch and Pickens are gone. Yeah, Birch and Pickens are gone. Yeah, so so uh, Gibbs, Rattler, Harbor. Who would who would we uh, reclassify as five star? Um, juice, Juice, yeah. and uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you too. I I, I want to make sure that we're we're not forgetting these guys because they they are kind of with what's been going on. You know, Juice coming back that was a big deal. The whole Rattler Wells thing. 
And then it was kind of all eyes on what's going to happen with Nick Harbor. And and we did mention Trey Knox earlier today. But, but I'm going to tell you what. Don't forget about the kid who's coming in from Memphis, Eddie Lewis at all. He is going to come play at South Carolina. And I'll tell you, too, you better circle the name Josh Simon, uh, the transfer from Western Kentucky. Just mark my words. When he gets to school, you're going to hear his name and you're going to see the back of his jersey running down the feet. He's good. He's from Dalzell. It means something for him to be home. He's a talented kid. You're going to really like him. Mackey Award uh, nominee and also uh, Mackey Award nominee uh, or, or a finalist or semifinalist, something like that at Western Kentucky. Also, his stats aren't going to blow you away. Receptions wise, he played an air raid offense. Keep in mind, Western Kentucky is that true air raid, the Mike Leach style. I mean, they can catch 18 passes in that system uh, as a tight end's good. Uh, uh, had a little scoop about him the other day. Um, there was some talk he may play receiver kind of like Harbor's going to do. And maybe if Harbor hadn't come, that would have been the plan. But uh, he's definitely going to be like a tight end that moves around and, and guys like that. And I think everybody's going to be really happy with him and Knox both. Um, and really the the kid they got from Florida and then the young guys coming in too, those guys are pretty good blockers. So I think uh, hats off to Jody Wright, Dowell Loggins, and everybody else for uh, retooling that room very quick. Retool. I'll retool you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think – one of the things that's going to be the most uh, fascinating, this is going to be offensively, hmm, uh, probably going back to when when Marcus arrived at South Carolina um, for for that first spring practice or, or that uh, that first that first uh, practice set time, whenever whenever it was. Yeah. My my head is all muddy with this stuff now. But um, because you have w- – w- Coach Loggins being here is the, – the NFL is all about matchups, right? So so you have a system in the NFL, and then – but within that system, you're supposed to figure out matchups to, to be able to produce every game. Well, they, they've gone out in addition to the guys that they're going to, of course, return, and they found a bunch of dudes that you got to figure out where to kind of fit them. Because, like, people look at the roster and they go, oh, my God, we signed seven tight ends. Just hold on. You know, that's this isn't your classic two tight end set where they're 6'6", 280 pounds, and they're just going to line up and knock the crap out of somebody. Like, they're trying to figure out matchups with these guys, and you've got a quarterback who can do it, and Spencer Rattler, and you've got an off- uh, offensive coordinator who's you know kind of spent a decade doing it. So, um I think spring practice with this new group, guys, all these tight end, wide receiver, flex type guys, and keep an eye on Mario Anderson as well, a bunch of dudes we just don't know a lot about. We're going to be finding out a lot about what their role is going to be at Carolina. Absolutely. Michael Ray from the chat box says, can you give me more details? Why didn't he play at Tennessee? Gibbs wasn't good enough um, and, you know, has had some things that have kind of held him back in his career that they're – you know, the, the Carolina's coaches are comfortable with trying to work it through. I'll say this, though, before everybody's like, whoa, 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 why'd they bring this guy in because he didn't play here? Keep in mind, he's a walk-on. It's low risk, high reward. I mean, it, it, you know, literally, he's right. the type of guy you'd want to to have to walk, walk on, on and uh, all that good stuff. James is preaching the gospel in the chat. Atta boy. Atta Amen. Boy. I'm um, with you. Go for it. Tiffany asked if I'm wearing furs. It, it's my. My, my rat tail over here is like chilling, right? Now the question uh, is, are you wearing boots with the furs? 
Boots, yeah, boots and tight jeans and furs. I got a slide tie and a black shirt. (laughs) Feels like speaking of apple bottom jeans. Check check this out. (laughs) Lance says he's partying. Like Lance, it's dangerous with Lance parties. Crap. I I think Lance drinks a lot. I I really like this guy, and I'd like to meet him. He loves the lattes. Lance yeah, Lance yeah. Player too. His name's Lance Player. Player. Yeah. That's his real I name think, too. He's a Carolina Rise member. Lance Player. Yeah. He needs player. to be Player from 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 here on out. I'll, I'll the the um the Gibbs I, I the Gibbs stuff is, will be intriguing just because he's just of his history. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's you know I'm 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 glad to know that um that he's back on. Back on two feet. Which, speaking of which, if you want to be on two wheels, mm. you can head to Electric Bikes of Charleston, and that's how you'll do it. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Oventon, Velotric, Magnum, Electric Bikes. If you've never seen an electric bike, and I'm going to raise my hand until recently, I didn't do enough research. Oh, my God, these things are awesome. Like mm-hmm. I'm, It's not just because they're one of our partners. They are awesome. 28 miles an hour? You'll be as fast as Nick Harbor. You might be able to run as far as Nick Harbor as well because they can go about 60 miles and you don't have to slow down if you don't want to. But unlike JC and I, I'm not going to put Phil in this category because he looks buff and in shape. JC and I would probably kick the motor, the pedal assist in and we just ride around and have our beer. The rest of you, if you actually want to ride awesome. the thing and you go 25 or 30 miles and you go, son of a, I can't get home, you just kick it into pedal assist and it will get you home. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. They service the whole state of South Carolina. Gamecock alumni owned. Proud supporters of Gamecock Athletics. And uh, and I can tell you, Michelle is as sweet as they come. So ElectricBikesCharleston.com. And for nothing else, go to the website and just familiarize yourself with their products. They're the best in the state. And somebody you know might have a birthday coming up or an anniversary. You might starting already to plan for next year's holiday season. Uh, if you're a budgeter like we are in this house, electricbikescharleston.com powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. All right. More kind of sports chat box, all that good stuff. Coming right back. Somebody remembers me from college. Wow. Uh oh. Oh my. From bar around. From place on the green. Oh, the tavern on the green. Yes. Right across the hall. (laughs) Oh no. I see. You don't believe. Remember those days? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Bar across the hall. They love the jam pink floor. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on TV. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand 
all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. (laughs) You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got a racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to pro. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the peck in order, couldn't fight like you used to. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are broadcasting from the virtual Cinerama of Columbia Studios, seeing us out. We're all in different places, not in Columbia. The show is brought to you by Express Hunt Rooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call to talk about a potential patio or porch enclosure for your home, 803-446-4662. And, of course, we have uh, not really incorporated a second-hour sponsor, so my brain just goes into the cadence of doing another spot right here into the lead-in. <laughs> i tell you what, though, guys, when we had four people on, so anytime we have a guest, it's going to be hard for me not to, like, do this and look at everybody in the boxes, like, you know, Brady Bunch style. And then if we have five, like I, I got to, you know, I call dibs on the Joan Rivers center square. <laughs> <laughs> is, is JC. Okay. He didn't like that joke. No, I, there's oh, something. Oh, on oh. The, 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 the Clemson Twitter loserville idiot morons. Uh, kind of going after our boy a little bit. Our boy, um, our, our guy, yeah. our guest that was on just now. Um, oh, and really? if you're a Gamecock fan and you're involved in this trash, uh, don't listen to the show. You're about to be blocked from our email account. I think you're the lowest life form on the planet because you're engaging in cancel culture uh, with some psychotic people that would do the same to you. Uh, and uh, I just think that's completely wrong. So Josh Kidd or whatever your name is here, you're a loser. Miley Strings or whatever your name is, you're a loser. You're all about to be blocked. I don't engage in cancel culture. You can come after me all you want and try to cancel me. Good freaking luck. Uh, and, I'm, I, you know, the, the Clemson Twitter people that do this are psychotic. And I, I think it's probably one or two guys that create all these accounts. I've already cleaned it up and blocked everything, so. Where was it? Oh, Jamie. Oh, Jamie Harlan. You're out too. I'm sorry. I know you're a Gamecock. You're freaking gone. 
go pull for the oh you pull for the charlotte hornets that's probably it's telling right there um so you're blocked as well I, yeah you go you go through these I people's accounts popped you, up on twitter the other day i was like i would judge you more about which team you pull for as opposed to you know i i must <laughs> be I, like I must be missing all this i i don't know i have no idea what's going on <laughs> oh, i was on twitter anyway i didn't mean twitter, to get twitter, I, I just looked and there's like 15 different like there's screenshots and stuff like that, and it's just like what weird. By the way, Tristan's gonna start calling you Uncle because you'll like Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Oh. Uncle Phil. I'd be uh, a fun yeah. uncle to have. <laughs> Sit around, play cards. Yeah. Robert asked if um, Hardy will be in next year's class, or would take him longer to get there. He tweeted something about December of 2024. So, do what now? Be, uh, uh, Xavier Hardy. I'm sorry, Xavier Hardy, uh, four four star D tackle. He signed with East Mississippi Junior College instead of Carolina. Just didn't have the grades to get in. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where he changed schools. Really good player though. Um, he's going to go to East Mississippi, and he said he'd be, he'd be back December of 2024, which to me means it won't be this. It won't be. It'll be two years from now. So his first year, first game will be in. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Virginia Tech in 2025. Oh. Mm. So there you go. That's going to be – wow. That's going to be something. Maybe we'll be fortunate enough to end our season there next year. Yeah. Well, that would – say that. Okay. Yeah, can, I, can I ask – you mentioned Clemson. I, 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 uh, I want to I ask you something about what Coach Sweeney said yesterday. Um, because I, I don't – I don't disagree with him, actually. I think he might be on to something here. He he said in his press conference with Garrett Riley that he would be interested in moving the high school signing day or period up to August the 1st. And his reason for that was so it would protect high school kids because there are a lot of high school kids – and I'll trust his judgment on this because, you know, he's, he, he does it every day. Whether people like Dabo or not, let's have a real conversation about this. There are a lot of high school kids that are committing to programs and then they have to wait and sign in December. And, and then as the time goes on, once the transfer portal opens up, there are schools across the country who are electing to sign a transfer to come in and basically fill the role of where that high school kid would be. And, and it almost is pushing him out. So I, I I'm not I don't know if he's right or wrong. I I do think there's an an issue with the timeline and all of this. I think the the signing periods there are things that need to be adjusted. These coaches I know so, JC you know how many coaches December, which is supposed to be your favorite month of the year with Christmas. Those guys, and right? it's a nightmare. I mean, didn't pay me enough. Yeah, there's there's got to be a, there's got to be a way to change this. I want to get y'all's thoughts on what he said. May, hey, look, if a kid wants to sign in August. When the season starts, let him sign. Why not? It protects him, um, you know, and, and in a way, it probably protects schools because if you're signing kids down the road, you're probably going to have less transfers in the portal because teams are already full of players. I, I think it's. I think the answer is three, and, and, I, and I, I agree with that. But I've always said that when they were talking about an early signing period uh, because so much is done in the summer now, and, you know, Kids, a lot of times, they they don't get to enjoy their senior year of high school. Uh, and you're right, some guys do get pushed up. But you don't get to enjoy your senior year of high school because you got all this recruiting going on. You're trying to keep your grades up. 
you know, you're trying to decide, you're trying to play that senior year and win a championship or spend that last hurrah with your teammates or whatever. Um, and all that. And so I, I think, and I've always thought August 1st would be great because, you know, then coaches don't have to worry about recruiting for a while until the season starts and, and kids can go practice and you're, you're not worried about it. Uh, so I think it's three things. I think it's, if you want to fix it, do what Dabo said, have a early signing period in August, a, you have to have an easy and quick change of circumstance because right now, you, you still have to appeal to get out of your national letter of intent, right? Right. Uh, that protects everybody. Uh, you have to have a quick and easy appeals process if there's a coaching change. Uh, and you, you'd probably have to limit it to, unfortunately, just a head coaching change. Uh, unless there was something real dramatic, like you're running a triple option, you're a triple option quarterback, uh, and then they bring in and go air raid uh, and change coordinators. But that's something I think in that rare circumstance, the school and the student athlete can work that out, get a release, whatever. Uh, so you have to have a quick and easy process for coaching changes. I also think that would keep a lot of coaches uh, from getting fired in week two. <laughs> because the, 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 the and, and I don't, I, I think this is wrong. I think it's kind of dumb because, you know, you go through the interim period or whatever, it lasts nine weeks and then you'll hire that guy. That he, uh, I think it's kind of a, um, uh, one of those situations where, you know, it, 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 you think one thing, but the reality is different because of the early signing period. Like, we got to change because early signing and all that, get a guy in place. Well, most of the guys you want to hire have jobs anyway. They're not coming until later. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that would probably prevent the narrative of, of, of getting guys fired early, though. Uh, at the same time, it also may tell us that it's not because of anything to do with recruiting. It's because fans are pissed off and you want to pop the balloon, so to speak. And everybody takes a sigh of relief. Oh, he's fired, you know. Um, and and so then I think you also need to keep the early enrollee thing uh, like it was, where they didn't sign, they just enrolled. You know, back in the, when they had traditional signing day, you just enrolled. And then protect the one we just had for those that, A, don't want to sign in August, and they'll, B, are on the market because of coaching changes, and, and then see late bloomers and, and Dabo's missing that point. Okay. Dabo's missing that point. He, he cause you're going to cut the late bloomers out and there, there are a ton of them. Well, and I, I, I think, and I think we'll see that in the NFL in a few years where some guys out of, come out of nowhere that were forgotten because they had a, they blew up their senior year and had no options, but you know, Presbyterian or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't want to, um, I, I don't, I'll have to go back and read it again. I, I don't want to to misquote what he said because I, I don't think he was saying eliminate the 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 February signing period. I think what he was saying right. was give yourself a period in August where you can sign, and then you've got another one coming up a few months later, which would be basically six months later, right in February. Yeah, um, I, and, I think that's and, great. Do that. Yeah. Now, but but as it pertains to transfers, like again, I. I don't know what the solution is, but my, my my personal feelings on transfers or the the transfer timeline is I'd like to find a way for them to make that happen after the completion of the season. Like I'm not just for South Carolina because it really affected them in the bowl game, but I'm sick and tired of kids quote unquote opting out or entering the transfer portal and not finishing their season. And I don't care about this crap that says, well, you got to do what's best for you. Yeah, well, you know what? You also have 99 other guys in that locker room that you committed to. Those are your, quote, brothers, but 
they're brothers enough where you can just tell them they're brothers on social media and then haul ass and never see them again. Like, we've got to recap. I mean, how in the world did they play football for 100 years where these guys played through all these bowl games and stuff? And, you know, it, it, they weren't all getting injured. I know injuries and things like that happen. I know that transfers need want to happen, but I don't buy all this crap. It's just a load of crap is what it is. And so, like, yeah. somebody's got to put a stop to it and – let the make sure that these guys finish. If you want to transfer, fine, but do it the way Zach Pickens did it. He finished the season, or um, not not transfer. Uh, if you want to transfer, if you want to go to the NFL draft, whatever it is, fine. But we need to figure out how we can encourage these guys or force them to finish the season. Well, the bowl games. I don't think you're going to prevent the NFL draft, guys, just because that's such a a, a prevailing narrative out there. And, and I knew it when Leonard Fournette did it. Everybody made a big deal and. You can see the national media go. There's not, but there's not any truth yeah. to it, though. Like what no, these kids it's say, there's no truth to what they're saying. It's a lie. Yeah. Now, now the portal. I wouldn't. The, the problem you're going to run into is if a if a kid like plays for Georgia, but, but see these guys, like the kids are not leaving Georgia before the playoff anyway. Uh, it's the start of the next semester. Now, that's a tight window, but it's still seven days, uh, and I would think that that would. That would work, you know. Like, like uh, Carolina's in the Gator Bowl the thirtieth. You know, school starts at Florida State or wherever on the tenth of January. That's plenty of time if you want to transfer, uh, and if you're planning on transferring anyway, you should already kind of have an idea about where you're going, and then extend it a little longer into January. Maybe, maybe cut it all off uh, at the same time. National Signing Day, National Transfer Portal closes day. So that's the thing there. I mean, you know, I, I think there are a lot of solutions out there to take because de- December this year, guys, was crazy. It was crazy for us, crazy for coaches. I mean, I don't know how they did it, how they did it. I don't know. And you got to so, think about the, the, you know, the kids' perspective too because as we've seen and, and, you know, part of this wild, wild West NIL experience that we have with an open transfer portal is – yeah, I think there's a direct proportion between the amount of money available to players and the amount of delusional <laughs> advice givers that these kids have in their ears chirping at them about, you know, overinflating their worth and saying that they can get more than their worth um, yeah, with the, you know, sole purpose of taking advantage of them in some instances by, you know, maybe shady agents and things of that nature. I'm not saying everybody in the industry is, but let's face it. I mean, you know, if there's money to be had, there's going to be shady dealings. So it's like any restrictions you can put on that, whether it be, you know, time limits or, you know, briefer periods of time, you know, more confined spaces in which to operate, then they'll have less of that negative influence going on about yeah, well, and, and I see Carlton's comment here. I do, he says, I don't agree. These coaches get paid a lot of money. They need to adjust and manage the transfer port. Well, they have. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. Coaches can leave whenever they want, when they want. True and not true. Here's the difference. People miss this all the time. I cannot believe that this is not more of a conversation about this. You know what the difference is? Coaches have contracts. If they break that contract, they owe somebody something. Either the school that they're leaving to go to has to pay to buy them out of that contract or they're going to have to do it themselves. When these players leave, they don't do they don't owe anybody a damn thing. That's not those are not those are apples and oranges. It's not apples to apples. So if, if coaches could just enter the transfer portal and all of a sudden Dow Loggins is just up coaching at North Carolina tomorrow and it's everybody be pissed, right? Well, doesn't he owe us some money back or something like that? Well, when you sign a kid out of DC, 
and you bring them in on scholarship, you realize these schools are committing about $200,000 worth of stuff to these cats when it comes to tuition and room and board and books and meals and all the stipends and all the stuff they get. That's a lot of money. And then they just get to wake up one day and ghost you like uh, Marshawn did. <laughs> Nothing. No strings attached. No contract yeah. says you owe you owe something back. You didn't you didn't finish your career. You didn't finish your education. You didn't honor your commitment to your teammates. Nothing. You just you're gone. Well, that can't happen with coaches. So it's not an apples to apples conversation. It's apples and oranges because there's a one word called a contract that's in there for coaches. Agreed completely there. And it's, uh, you know, it's almost like people have swung to the extreme and, you know, just they're just kids. Let them go wherever they want or whatever, anytime, and then pay them all this money and do all that. Well, you know, you probably need to think about this for a second. You know, if you're in favor of players getting paid, players getting paid, you should, then you can't really have free transfer whenever you want. Because that's not how the real world operates, you know. You, you don't you, you don't get paid, but even NFL players have contracts. So right, um, yeah. yeah anyway, too, look, I mean, look at Sean Payton. I mean, they're having to strike a deal on the back end with New Orleans to get him in uh, in Denver. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, know, they, they, they the NFL itself with these guys. I mean, you know, yeah, that's the real world. Yeah, if, if you're gonna get paid, that's the that's the real world. There's yeah, uh, I've got to run, but. Uh, yeah, seventy six. Don't believe everything you hear about Corey Miller. Okay, <laughs> he's a good guy, good gamecock, uh, and he's helping with a lot of things right now that you would really enjoy and be interested in. I've talked to him daily about Heaven Brown Schuler. Uh, he can't make the kid go someplace. Okay, uh, and honest to God, if you want to talk about him in recruiting, the former staff completely screwed up not taking his son. Uh, and you're probably lucky he even talks to anybody in Carolina anymore. So I'll just bury that right now. I know there's BS rumors out there. Certain people try to like repeat uh, about him and have in the chat box. Well, let's just say, uh, you know, those are rumors. And uh, that's all I'll say about that. Not trying to be ugly to anybody, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and have people just trash this guy uh, for no reason based on rumors and speculation or maybe somebody's opinion about something that happened a long time ago. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. All right. I got to get out of here. Hey, um, well, have a, sa- have a safe travels, and yeah. you know where to find us. Hell's coming up next, and uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, stuff next week. I'll be back. Hey, it'll be uh, uh, I'll be at a funeral tomorrow, but I'll be back on Monday. All right. See you guys. Hey, you we'll hit, see you later. Yeah, shoot. See you later. Don't cheat. <laughs> we'll, hit a time, we'll hit a timeout, and uh, when we return, Hale Owen McGranahan with the Big Spur will uh, – Take us through the timeline of Nick Harbor and more thoughts on the 23 class for the Gamecocks. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. 
Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell, Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call or shoot him an email, 803-446-4662, or John B. at expresssunrooms.com to set up an appointment to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life this summer. And we are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Owen! (laughs) Hale McGranahan. How you doing, Hale? Good to see What's you, up, man. fellas. How are y'all? Oh. Well, I mean, we're probably not as sleepless as you are. Uh, not, you know, I've actually slept okay here lately. The early signing period uh, makes makes that more possible these days. There was a time, though, when, when uh, sleep was hard to come by this time of year. That's for sure. Man, there's no doubt. Um, I mean... It's it's almost like yesterday. I don't know, Hale. I mean, is the Birch episode three years ago? Outside of that, there really hasn't been over the last few years a lot of dramatic stuff going on for the Gamecocks, right? On on in this signing period on this day, right? Yeah, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, Jamias Williams, you know, he was. And I don't even remember if when he was signing, if there was an early signing period. I can't remember exactly when that started. I think it might have started the following year. So, 
Yeah. Need, but he, yeah, even going back to assuming Jamias didn't have the early signing period, uh, I mean, there, there just hadn't been a lot. Yeah, it's Jordan Birch and 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 this fast dude who who did his thing yesterday. And I don't know, maybe maybe we'll see see some some more next year. But I mean, this the trend clearly is uh, most of these guys get this thing knocked out uh, in December and and move on. So. We'll see. So, so how about I, I think I don't know about Phil. I'm sure Phil's got a handful of questions to ask you too. But one, I think one of the things that most people are really intrigued about. I, I mean, I hey, I'm not I'm not Hale McGranahan. Nobody has the sources of Hale McGranahan, but I've got a couple. And for a while, everything I kept hearing was they're in pretty good shape. Carolina's in pretty good shape here. Carolina's in pretty good shape. But we knew the the Oregon visit was was going to blow them away, and it did. Uh, and we knew there was going to probably be some new hurdles that came out of that, literally, because <laughs> he's a track yeah. guy. Um, but but they cleared those. So if you if you can maybe maybe take us back in in your shoes a few days as to, as this thing was kind of winding down. Maybe once he went to Oregon and the things that you began to kind of hear behind the scenes uh, that kind of led to what we saw with crystal ball picks and. And overnight flips and all this type of stuff, but just kind of take us down that timeline if you can, leading up to the moment yesterday, and what life was like for you, what you were seeing and hearing and reporting on, and how it kind of all unfolded. Yeah, I guess I'll start with the days leading up to his official visit to Oregon, and and folks around here were were still pretty confident that that it was going to be South Carolina, yeah. and and there was a lot of confidence with internally uh, that that. It was going to be South Carolina, you know, going back to last fall when he when he came in for the official visit. Um, I think like most guys after official visits, there, there's some really good, strong feelings going on there. And um, and even through the fall, kind of the consistent thing I was hearing from those folks was like, yeah, we think we we're going to go get this guy like that. They, they were pretty well aware that he wasn't going to be signing in December and uh Again, confidence that they could uh, make it when, when February happened, and and then yeah, going back to what I was started with, with talking about leading up to the Oregon visit, the days go- ahead of that, there there's still some confidence, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, got to survive the weekend, uh, and, and hope that that the you know the good feelings from that don't weigh too heavily, and of course. <laughs> In addition to all that, it's like, well, it's Oregon. And when they're involved and when they want to be a player and want to be involved and want to get a guy, like they have the ability to do that. And that's been that way for for many, many years now before name, image, and likeness was a thing. Uh, Phil Knight, obviously, that all Nike speaks for itself. Um, so, the, yeah, lead, leading up to it, there was, you know, optimism and still some, I guess, coming out of it, some cautious optimism uh, heading up until Wednesday. Uh, and, and as everybody I'm sure has heard and y'all have talked about on the show already today, I would imagine um, Shane Beamer laid it all out pretty clearly. Uh, yeah. And it sort of matches up with, with some of the reporting that was out there, whether it was from, from me or JC or Tony or Steve Wilfong or other folks on the internet. Uh, it, it's pretty clear how, uh, based on what Shane said, that <laughs> I was like a roller coaster. Uh, you know, some folks 
think that, that we in the media maybe over-exaggerate things or put stuff out there to uh, to generate interest and clicks and all that. Well, I think a lot of folks also probably realize like that that's recruiting. Like guys can change their minds, you know, offers can be made, <laughs> adjusted, whatever. Uh, so it, it truly, long answer, uh, it truly was a roller coaster going into yesterday. Well, I think one of the biggest things, Hale, that gets – I think often overlooked in these times where everybody's like, it's all money, money, money. Well, I was like, well, okay, so money is business, right? And business is at the very heart of it. People, you know, doing business with people, people developing relationships with people. Uh, If you're a good salesperson, you know, you're trying to, you're not selling the product you're selling, you're selling yourself to this person in order for them to trust you enough. Um, So I think that, you know, what we witnessed yesterday was basically just a clinic in maybe sales 101 from Beamer and team going up against, you know, one of the most powerful brands in the nation, probably possibly the world when it comes to athletics and Nike um, that, you know, Hey, when it all boils down, it's all people doing business with people, not necessarily people doing business with, you know, businesses or entities, the relationships matter. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, we should be proud to have something like that on our side. Now, that being said, when you look at this signing day and this class as a whole, Hill, where how do you compare it to, like, you know, the most recent uh, times that we've had with this program winning double-digit games a year, you know, during the Spurrier era? Uh, are there shades of that in this building? Is it kind of ahead of schedule when it comes to bringing in talent like that and uh, you know, just what's your perspective, like class over class? Yeah, Phil, I can't really speak too much to like the specific classes and who was in which class during the Spurrier, Spurrier era. Obviously, I, I'm familiar with, with who came in, you know, during that general time frame. But as far as like, you know, 2008 versus 2009, 10, whatever, it, I don't have that working knowledge since I was covering the other team in the state at that point. Um, and it's been so long ago, like I, I kind of forget how those things run together. But sort of to answer the, the other part of your question, I guess, is is it seems like, yeah, they, they are ahead of schedule. I mean, the first season doing what they did, going seven and six with the bowl win, you know, obviously that was beyond the expectations that, that most reasonable folks had, right? So mm-hmm. year two, clearly, I mean, you, you put those two wins from the end of that season up against any two consecutive wins since I've been covering the team since 2016, it's not even close. Like those two wins are, are better than any one win Will Muschamp had at South Carolina. Uh, I, I I can't speak again to the, the consecutive wins like from the Spurrier era, but obviously some of those wins over Clemson back in those days were, were pretty significant as well. Either way, I think it's ahead of schedule for sure. Uh, and, and when you look at this 2023 class individually, I, I keep going back to the trenches, man. It's yeah. offense, defense, both sides of the ball. They got some some important pieces, in-state guys who are really good and could be even better if if things go the way they they can and in some cases should. Uh, that this could be a special group. Then <laughs> haven't even touched on Grayson Howard, the guy who I've called the mayor for oh, yeah. the last eight months. <laughs> Jalen Kilgore, the guy who who I 
really, really like, or Bakari Swain or Lenore Sellers. I mean, <laughs> guy had one of the best senior seasons of any quarterback in the country, arguably the best individual season by a quarterback in the state of South Carolina in the history of high school football in the state. Um, it, it, it goes on. I mean, there, there are other guys who I could mention too. I mean, the skill skill positions have some intrigues on, on offense uh, with Dontavious Braswell and some of those receivers. So uh, it's it's an exciting class to look at and to, and to think what, what could be uh, down the road with, with a lot of these guys in two or three years, if not sooner. Hale McGranahan with the Big Spur, 12-33 on this. Uh, when is Groundhog Day? Is today Groundhog Day? It's, it's today. It's today. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Is today Groundhog Day? Yeah. Ah, I got to watch yeah. Groundhog Day. It's one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, th- I thought that it was today. Okay, well, happy Groundhog Day. I, Hale, I hope you found your shadow. Um so how about this? I, I step I, outside I, first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think uh, still in the bureau. He's kind of looking back behind him there, looking at his lighting. I, I, um, I think that people looked at it, they, they, okay, we're in twenty twenty three. Well, Shane Beamer is has has been here for three years, and this said no. Shane Beamer's been here for for almost twenty six months. There's twelve months in a year, so that's two years that he's been here. Hale and and what you're seeing right now. What they just did with this class, okay, not just how they finished with Harbor and Elijah Caldwell uh, from uh, from beautiful Rock Thrill, South Carolina, uh, played for one of the the great coaches and funniest dudes ever, Paige Walford. Um, but but everything else that's in this class from in the state, how well they've recruited in the state, the Delmarva area. Uh, and, and Florida, Georgia, you name it. I mean, they've really stretched their tentacles here. And now we see the start they've got on 24, and it is unbelievable, and it's about to get a lot better. So in two years' time, this whole thing has changed. H- how would you respond to that? Like two years ago, how did you – I mean, you cover recruiting. So d- does this correlate with what you thought they could do? Did you see this? And watching the game plan kind of unfold, like kind of walk us through what Shane Beamer is doing here now, literally in only two seasons at South Carolina. No, I'm no, <laughs> no. I, and I, I say this and, and I meant no offense to Shane Beamer then or now, especially mm-hmm. now that I've seen some results. I mean, first year, first ever head coaching job for a guy who never been a coordinator. Uh, I, you know, I, I was in like, I got to see it mode. I wasn't buying into the excitement and hype and, and all those feel good things that a lot that got a lot of folks excited and optimistic about Shane Beamer taking over as head coach at South Carolina. I just right or wrong. And clearly I was wrong at that point. I, I just, I had to see it, man. Like I, I, I wasn't going to sit here and say like, Oh, well, you know, I, I think they can win seven or eight games uh, in the first each of the first two seasons. Like I, if they were just making bowls, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, that that's cool, like good start. But like, I I just I <laughs> I don't want to say I, I didn't have low expectations. I, I did. I I just didn't know what to think. Like there, it was it was hard for me to sit there and be like, yeah, it's going to work or no, it's not. I just I needed to see it. And when you look at who we hired at offensive coordinator and not to get too down that road. Uh, 
Sure. Never heard of the guy who had not much of a track record. And, you know, there were some, some issues within the roster that they needed to address and didn't really have a recruiting class to, to build on coming in. And they kind of piecemealed it together through the transfer portal. And it was, I don't know, it was just hard for me to, to feel any kind of strong conviction one way or the other, I guess is what I'm trying to say, JB. So what have you learned uh, in covering, we'll just, we'll just say in, in this state, because the, the whole recruiting the state of South Carolina is totally flipped in flavor, favor of, South, of, of the Gamecocks. Uh, Clemson, they're about to be shut out again uh, in this state for the, for the top players in it. And as you talk to prospects and as you talk to coaches uh, who coach these prospects, what have you learned about South Carolina's strategy the last couple of years and how they have been able to turn this thing over to where, I mean, they're, they, they, hell, they might be getting another kid here before long from the upstate who was all but sewn up as a Clemson Tiger. These guys just, they they won two national championships not long ago. They're only 100 miles away. And it just seemingly doesn't matter. People are excited about what what's going on in Columbia. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sit here and try to paint the picture too much of like Clemson's loss of state. I don't, I don't, and I don't think they have. I mean, if if Blake Franks does sign with South Carolina, that's just because South Carolina straight up beat them. It's not an indictment right. of, of anything against Clemson. I mean. It's more of a credit to South Carolina, like, I, and, and I'm sure there are probably some Clemson fans who, if that does happen, are, are going to be pissed, and, and rightfully so. But I would say that's more of a product of South Carolina just just straight up winning. I mean, we don't have to look back too far to to see what Clemson was able to do with a guy like Antonio Williams and come in at the last minute and offer him and get him on the boat, and that was always an offer he wanted. And there's always going to be kids in this state who dream of playing for Clemson and. Sure. Uh, if they get the opportunity to, they will. And, you know, may, maybe I'm wrong. Like Blake Franks was one of those kids who g- grew up a Clemson fan. I mean, if you think about he's 16, 17 years old. So for the 10 years or so, however long since he's been able to look at a football game and say what teams are on on the screen, like he's been watching Clemson win a lot. Um, so, I, yeah, South Carolina has – has done a lot to sort of change the narrative. Winning that game was big. <laughs> Beating Tennessee was big too. Like you, you got to have some results. It helps at some to point. win games. Yeah, yeah, you got to have some results <laughs> at some point. You can't, you can't just keep sounding like, "Hey, we need, we need you guys to come in and help us do it." Like it, at some point, you got to say, right. be able to say like, "Hey, we need you to help help these guys who who have taken us to this level." Well, you can help us get to another level. Like it's it's got to keep building, and and I think that that we're starting to see that obviously with with again the results and um you know I guess to sort of answer what you what you're also asking about JB and my opinion from what I've heard and seen and and come to understand is is that the the staff under Shane Beamer has has certainly prioritized the state. They they left no stone unturned. That they, they were really aggressive that way. Uh, in that summer of 2021 spring and summer of 2021 and wanting to hear going into high schools or talking to high school coaches, I guess, and saying, I don't care if, if this guy doesn't have a single SEC, ACC offer. I don't care if you don't think he 
deserves to have an offer from us. Tell just let let me hear about them. Like we want to know about your best players. So it kind of started there where they were letting coaches know, like, hey, we're serious about wanting to hear about your guys and and we'll take a look at them. And if we think they're good enough, like we'll offer them, but we got to know they're good enough. Like and and now it's been reinforced to me recently as yesterday talking about an in-state guy who doesn't have an offer from South Carolina in the 2024 class. Like they want to offer a guy when they offer a guy from South Carolina, it's it's an offer. Like they can the guy can commit, they want him. And granted, Clemson sort of does the same thing that way, but uh, I, I think just the new energy helps. Um, having having coaches who who are focused on being closer to home, like that's that's an emphasis, and it hadn't really been a thing for Clemson the last five, six, seven years. And even though they can go offer a guy like Antonio Williams or even Jarvis Green at the last minute, uh, the other yeah. guy from Dutch Fork, I mean, they 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 can still do that to a degree, but not quite the same degree as as maybe they once could. And and with South Carolina's run of success. Um, it makes things a little bit harder when, when you try to talk about that that sort of head-to-head matchup, I guess. I do like that running back from uh, from Dutch Fort. I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good player. So, yeah. well, Hale does. Oh, Hale doesn't. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> he's okay. Hale just he's saw his okay. shadow. He's, you know, you know, he's. he's I like the guy South Carolina got better. I well, like I do too. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, and, and I know uh, we're, we're probably got just a few more minutes uh, with you, Hale, before we got to hit a quick timeout. But, you know, I talked to Denny about him after he committed, uh, Denny McDaniel, who's the head coach at Stratford. And um, and Denny, Denny, you know, I mean, come on, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. It's very rare that head coaches are going to say, well, he ain't worth a crap. Yeah, you don't want him. You know, he, he ain't going to do anything yeah. for you. It's a little bit different when you've known a head coach for 22 years and you can go in and say, tell me about him. So I'll just say if if there was something that probably didn't need to be said, I just wouldn't I just wouldn't talk about it. That wasn't the case here. Um, you know, th- this young man is transferring in from Newberry. They offered him for a reason. They expect him to come play, and I think he will, based on what I've been told by – members of the staff and his old coach what do you hear yeah mario anderson the uh yeah the newberry guy who you know he he was he was one of those guys when when i look back at his highlights i was like while he was sort of being recruited out of the portal um looked at his high school highlights and i was like man first of all i'm kind of kicking myself for not writing more about the guy and, and yeah. just trying to talk more about him from a, you know, in-state recruiting perspective, regardless of whether or not South Carolina was in on him. Um, Cause I watched the highlights and I was like, damn, this, what, what was everybody missing? Like whether it was the South Carolina staff or whoever else at the power five level, much less FCS one double a, whatever you want to call it level. Like, man, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people missed on that guy. And when you look at the production he had at Newberry, it was damn good. Uh, and, you know, there, there are some folks out there who probably, like, roll their eyes when they hear us saying a guy from Newberry is transferring to South Carolina. But if you look at the production that he had there and 
just pretended the highlights you were watching from when he was at Newberry or from a junior college or, or even a high school, which are obviously lower levels than Division Two, people, I think most people would probably be pretty fired up. Like, maybe he doesn't have stars next to his name. Maybe they would have just been three stars. But I think you probably wouldn't have been hearing people saying, oh, well, you know, he played at Stratford. Why, did, why didn't he stay at Somerville? He should have. If he'd stayed at Somerville, maybe we'd be more excited about him. Like, no, that's that's not how it works. That's not how it would have worked if that made up scenario was was reality. But he's he's an intriguing player, and and if you look at the production that he's going to be asked to help uh, provide or, or pick up that was left from last year, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that he could he could match that or even uh, exceed it by a little bit. Well, that's a good point. You got anything, Phil? I got one final one. You got anything for? No, I was just you know you know more to the Anderson thing is just like I mean there's guys like him you know that that stay in smaller schools like that all the time who don't get an opportunity to showcase that talent at the Power Five level who make it to the league all the time. So it's absolutely, like, you know, you yeah. can't just dismiss a guy like that just because he's from Newberry. You're you're 100 percent correct. We we see it all the time. The NFL, some some guy runs 60 yards for a touchdown. You go, who? What? He's from yeah. where? Grand yeah. Valley State. Grand, where the hell what? is Grand Valley State? Um, yeah. yeah. Especially at that position, running back, where yeah. Mike and Kyle Shanahan have made careers off of who the hell is he running for a 1,000 yards. Like, yeah. It happens all over the place. I, mm-hmm. I agree. It's it, Running backs turn – I mean, that's why they don't get drafted in the first round anymore. They're kind of a dime a dozen. They're products of the system. If you get them in the right system – if they're the right player for the right system, they're going to be. They're going to. Have, they're going to have some success. All right. So tomorrow, uh, you know, more than likely, big news coming for South Carolina uh, in in-state recruiting. Mazio Bennett's even tweeted he's going to say something tomorrow at noon. Um, and and we kind of know the drill here. We, we, people should feel pretty good about this. I think you've said that plenty. Tony said that plenty. JC said that plenty. Uh, so hopefully, it kind of works out that way. Beyond that, though, Hale, there are a couple of other big names in this state that at some point in time in the future will be announcing. And then beyond that, I don't know what the hell is going on out there. So what is going on out there after the Mazio Bennett announcement tomorrow for Carolina to keep track of in recruiting? Yeah, the the guy we talked about earlier, Blake Franks, his teammates from Greenville High, uh, he, he doesn't have a date set. It could be sometime this month that's uh, – sort of what he's talked about recently on the record with folks. And and uh, it, it could be happening. His mom's birthday is next week, so there might be uh, something connected to that. And a, a lot of guys, uh, as we probably know, if we follow recruiting enough, that a lot of guys like to do stuff like that on a, on a loved one's birthday or, or what have you. So maybe he'll he'll do that if he's, if he's ready. Um, you know, Josiah Thompson is the other uncommitted in-state offensive lineman who – I don't know if he's quite ready to to do something this month, but there's some thought that it could be uh, at some point this spring when, when he makes a decision and a lot of crystal balls in for him to South Carolina and guy who the Gamecocks have been all over since day one, literally since this staff got to South Carolina. They, they've been recruiting the hell or as, as best they can recruit a guy who was a freshman in high school at the time. And, and he's probably been to South Carolina more times than, every other school that he's visited combined uh, like Cam Pringle, mm-hmm. uh, but probably more so. Uh, and he's from Dillon, which has always been kind to South Carolina. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you can get all three of those guys in this class uh, between now and 
whenever, whether it's this time next year or December of this year, what have you. Uh, that's a pretty good start, I would say, guys, right? You know, yeah. that's, uh, that's yeah, a good place to, uh, to build from. Uh, to just be outstanding. All pretty much four-star guys, and um, that would be something. It was neat yesterday to hear Nick Harbour also say, well, I think we'll just uh, make uh, the D.C. area the new Carolina. So we'll see who he can bring with him because uh, they are signing them out in there. To, I'm sure Michael Oxley and Maryland love that. Uh, after the Jay Sean Barham situation, Carolina hadn't looked back. They've been they've been taking them all uh, from from that area. So, all right, Hale. Well, uh, you enjoy your Groundhog Day and what whatever else you plan on doing. Yeah, appreciate it. Y'all do the same. <laughs> it's back there somewhere. Hey, really, really outstanding work always. Thank you, man. You you you're so good at what you do. We appreciate it. I appreciate you saying that and. Uh, Welcome to to your gig with these guys uh, on, yeah. on the show. I know I've been drinking heavily the last two nights. This is what these guys do to me. No, I'm just kidding. I have. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say mix in a water or not. We'll have to consult with with uh, Mike Yuva about with that. But, uh, God, I don't know. We may, we may bleep that in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're headed to that one or the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mix it a B. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thanks, Hale. See you. Thanks, Hale. All right. Uh, we're pat- way past due. So, Phil, we'll hit the final quick timeout, and then we'll come back. We've got some final stuff to get to, including a, now a leading candidate uh, for the offensive coordinator position in Alabama. If you haven't heard, it is a big name. Uh, so we'll give you that. And, uh, and Phil, we'll give you your word of the day before we leave. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, She's much more reasonable, maybe, than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nanasporch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting Nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. 
I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox. Hey. We are back, everybody. I think, you know, miscommunication there. I thought you were bringing us back in, but inside oh. the Gamecocks, the show <laughs> is back here yeah. with them. Uh, and when to think we brought him in for more professionalism. The word of the day is repose, as in, you know, we are in a state of repose right now, a nice state of tranquility for the Gamecock Nation after having a successful. Uh, dual signing day i mean you know we 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 won on the first one one on the major one here i I could i still consider this one the major one jamie i I know it's not i know the first one now is is bigger and badder but for me the the february signing day still traditional i'm just you know one of those guys i guess yeah i mean i certainly (laughs) miss it i I miss what it was it was fun Mm -hmm. uh because if you if you go back and just remember all the all the little nuances about it. It wasn't just, it, it was, it was the wild stuff is what really, really attracted the nation to it. That's why they started building all these national signing. I mean, there was a point in time where ESPNU was doing like eight, nine, and then they got up to 12 hours worth of coverage. They would come on at 7 a.m. They'd go to seven o'clock at night and then they just rerun the dang thing. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and you, and you would, yeah, you'd see a kid who would get up there and throw his hat across the room and then he'd commit to another guy or whatever it was. So, yeah, those were the um, those were the good days. This year, the drama we'll look back on it as fun. It probably wasn't fun for Shane uh, as things unfolded at all, and it's only fun because they got him. Uh, if they didn't, <laughs> we would say, "Yeah, don't like that anymore." Um, but yeah, um, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it was but it was good uh, for Carolina. Speaking of good, you can have your house painted good or you could have your house or your fence or your deck or your rooms or whatever it is actually painted great by a couple of painters and look at their logo it's got the Gamecock helmet on it because they are huge Gamecock fans they're licensed and insured in South Carolina and in Georgia they travel everywhere to do it doesn't matter where you are you could be in Westminster South Carolina you could be in Rock Hill South Carolina you could be in Georgetown you could be in Charleston you could be in Orangeburg you could be in the home of the Peaches, Utahville, South Carolina, wherever you want to be, if you've got something that needs to be painted, these are the cats you want to call to get a quote from. And I'll bet you it's going to be less than the quote that you've already gotten. If, and if you haven't gotten one, go ahead and get one and then get this one. Trust me. I just got one from them. It's two grand under the last quote, $2,000. And they're excellent. The work they do is excellent. They stain, they paint, they'll paint cabinets. They'll stain fences. They'll stain decks, whatever it is. A couple of, of painters and how about this call them at 803-522-6832 803-522-6832 or just go to their facebook page you can contact them there too they're working on the new website you can send them photos and they'll give you a quote that's what i like do. to hear that they work here in the upstate too jb that's absolutely awesome. everywhere yeah. they're they're absolutely fantastic and uh so they paint us black every day, garnet and black, that is. A couple of painters uh, right here in South Carolina since 2016. Tommy Reese, by the way, at Notre Dame, Phil, is the leading candidate, according to reports. Chris Lowe is one of the uh, the, the main guys that I follow, and, and Chris Lowe is reporting that Tommy Reese, the OC at Notre Dame, who South Carolina just competed against in the bowl game, 
is the leading candidate to take on Bill O'Brien's role at Alabama. That's, uh, that's not good if you're a Notre Dame fan. I, I think he's an integral no. part of that team up there. I mean, I don't know what uh, – oh, who's the transfer quarterback they just pulled to? It was uh, – uh, The kid from um, uh, for, uh, Sam Hartman from Lake Forest. Yeah, it's a Hartman, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much impact uh, that will have and whether or not he's going to start to regret his decision to, to go dome it. Well, that'd certainly be interesting. I mean, if you're Tommy Reese and you are – targeted by Saban I really don't blame you for at least taking it all the way to the end to see if you really want to do it or not because I mean every offensive coordinator that works under Nick it it all kind of works out for him and you know if he wants to be a head coach he's probably not going to be the head coach at Notre Dame in the very near future um so this might be a, a pretty good move for him to go on and do that so we'll see we'll see how it all works out he's a good recruiter too which would be another guy for uh, the SEC to have to contend with in addition to you know Nick Saban and the 13 top 100 players they signed this year right which is just unbelievable i mean it's just uh, unbelievable what they were able to do. still i mean just keep rolling keep rolling doesn't matter i mean you know nil all this other stuff alabama's like <laughs> no we do it our way and it works and we're going to continue to do it our way and yeah <laughs> you're all going to be chasing us from the recruiting standpoint <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> and speaking of recruiting if you haven't looked at the big spur yet today new crystal balls are in for both Blake Franks and Josiah Thompson from Steve Wiltfong uh, to come to South Carolina. So that is something uh, that is something in the near future we should probably keep an eye on. And Mazio Bennett tomorrow at noon, Phil will make an announcement. We will be on the air. JC will not be with us tomorrow. Um, so I, I do think we'll have some other things planned for programming tomorrow that hopefully you'll enjoy there. But we'll be on when he does commit. And if it is to South Carolina, which is expected to be at this point in time, certainly we'll have plenty of reaction and we'll get all of your comments. I will add I'm at fault. People can blame me the last couple of days. Uh, Phil, you and JC and myself, uh, uh, like uh, it's my fault that we have not been as engaged with the Nanosports chat box because I can ramble on from time to time. So no, no, we'll, yeah. we'll make sure that we get more and more of your stuff in here um, and moving forward because we, we certainly want to do that. And I'll say this, too, kind of my parting shot. One of the things that I used to always do at ESPN, and certainly when uh, Darren and I had JB and Goldwater, um, was uh, we, would, uh, we would daily give you the National Day calendar. So we all know it's no. pretty fun if you actually keep up with it. You would be shocked at some of the days that are actually on the calendar, and I know that it's time to go. But in addition to celebrating Groundhogs today, Phil, it is also National Tater Tot Day. Oh. <laughs> One of the great man-made uh, foods of all time. Uh, that's so, funny. I love that. Yeah, Tater Tots, man. Very versatile food. Yeah, absolutely. Just, versatile as some hash browns there. It's like the best thing. Load, it, load them up with ranch and cheese and bacon and grab a fork and dig in to your tater tots uh, to celebrate the groundhog and his seeing, he did see a shadow. I saw somebody said, right. 
Yeah, so I think so. Yeah, Punxsutawney Phil. But out there, there's a southern one, isn't there? That uh, people down here uh, put more put more yeah. stake into. What is it? Yeah, I can't <laughs> remember his name. It's just like uh, General Beauregard something. Yeah, General Beauregard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, damn, Phil's for the Yankees. Uh, Listen, I woke Beauregard's up and scared right. myself in, uh, by looking in the mirror at my reflection. I don't know if that uh, is worth anything. <laughs> In the six, mirror, but yeah. Six more weeks of this. Oh, no. <laughs> I would be lucky to get six more weeks of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, we're, well, we're all but out of time. JC is on the road traveling to uh, the Big State of the loss of a loved one. Uh, thanks to uh, both Chris Phillips and Hale McGranahan for popping in today in our programming and as always thanks to all of you but most importantly thanks to the guy that steers the ship around here that's phil mullinax for being kind enough to let me be a part of this craziness every day uh, until one o'clock with that said we're out of here we'll be back tomorrow at 11 on inside the gamecocks the show